0: Uh, it's a privilege for me to be able to share with you again tonight. Uh, you actually get a double feature. I'll be here tonight and next Wednesday, so if I don't see you next Wednesday, I'll know why. That's, that's, uh, that was a joke. You can laugh. Thank you. That was a joke. I know you'll all be here. Anyways, I'm super excited you're here, but uh, this is weird for me because our sanctuary is much smaller than yours, and apparently the bigger it gets, the further away the youth get this is strange. I'm looking up and I'm like, they're all up in the risers, uh, but they did that because they love it when I call them out. And so I'm actually going to ask all of the youth. There's this section right here that Bill saved just for you guys, and it's and it's right here. And so if all you lovely teenagers would come and sit sit right here, because I need you for an illustration, and I have to have all of you. If if one of you is not here, the illustration will fail completely. So. That's cool. All right, now adults, pay attention because the last time I preached, I asked you guys to move and like five of you did. So this is, I'm just kidding. I get away with this kind of stuff because I'm a youth guy. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, Bill left. I didn't want you to leave, Bill. I wanted you to sit there and watch him, man. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Okay. He's like, "Mm, we'll give him, we'll give him some space. Anyways, so I, I am really honored to be here. Uh, Pastor was going to be here, um, but as many of you know, he, he had uh, surgery on his knee, and some days it just feels better to not stand, and uh, today is one of those days. So Pastor gave me the call and, and asked me to do this, so I'm excited to be here. And tonight, I, I'm really, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm excited to share this message, but I got be, to gotta be frank, there's like a heavy burden on me to preach this message because I don't want anyone here to hear it wrong. Because there's going to be some things that I say that the teenagers are going to be like, they won't actually say this because they don't talk very much, but they'll be like, amen, amen. And their brains are like, preach on, preacher. And then there's going to be other things I say that that the older people are going to be like, amen, preach on, young man, keep going. And I'm like stuck in between two worlds here because most of you would consider me more youthful, but the teens like to tell me that I'm old. So... I'm right in the middle of this tonight with you, but I want to talk to you about the importance of generational faith in the church, and I want to show you scripturally, A, how powerful a generational faith in the church is, and then what a generational, multi-generational faith should look like within the church using scripture. And we're going to take one guy, we're going to take Timothy And we're going to look at some of the stuff that Paul wrote to Timothy, and we're going to discover some truth about a multi-generational church. Uh, What I would like to do, though, before I really get into the message is, if you're here tonight, and if you're, if like three generations are present, so that would be grandparents, their kids, and their grandchildren, if we have three three generations present tonight, just just stand up so I can see you. Yes, you will be, be an illustration, so, hey, look at that! You, you guys, God bless you guys. I'm so excited about this. At some point, I'm going to call you guys up, and you're going to have to be a part of this. You don't have to say anything, though. I'll do all the talking. It'll be fine. Uh, We'll do like a mime thing. So we're going to talk about generational faith and how important it is, and to start off, we have to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, and I am preaching from the NIV tonight, so if my translation looks a little different, that's why, Um, I just, I like it better, so that's, that's the deal. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 and 6, this is what we discover. Paul is writing this letter to a young minister in the faith, someone who he considers a son in the faith, and he says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Verse 6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Let's pray. Father, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask that tonight, Father, that you would help me to speak your truth with integrity and with clarity. And, Father, I pray that you would give every one of us ears to hear your words tonight, Father. Give us eyes to see your truth and give us hearts that are receptive to what you would speak to your church tonight, Father. Help us, Father, to hear you and to hear your heartbeat, Father. And be with me and give me the words to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So we discover right here, right out of the gate... Paul's talking to Timothy, and I love this, that he draws a really powerful correlation. He says, Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. And that word in the original meant that it's, it's a genuine faith without hypocrisy. There's no, there's no um, like, contra- contradiction in his faith. Like It's real, it's genuine, it's sincere, it's authentic. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. And I'm reminded that it was first in your grandmother, and then it was in your mother." And now it's in you. And then he goes, For this reason, because of this sincere faith that's been passed down from generation to generation and now is in you, I want to urge you to fan into flame this gift that God has given you, this calling that's on your life. Here's what we need to see through three different lenses because we got some teens who are this generation, we got some grandparents who are the the, the statesmen of the church, and then we got parents. God bless us parents. It is difficult. Grandparents are in the victory lane. We're in the, we're in the fight of this thing. And Paul reminds Timothy, he said, hey, I, I want you to remember that what you have, and students, this is what you need to remember. What you have, you've received it. You didn't come up with this on your own. It was, it was given to you. And there's a legacy that's come before you of faith, This is going to be something powerful that we have to hold on to as the older generation who, and I just want to remind everyone, no matter where you're at in the spectrum of generations, your gift does not go old. Whatever God gifted you with, the talents that he's given you to minister and to build his church, those go with you to the grave. Like, don't give up. But understand that there's an importance of passing the faith on. There's this foundation that gets stronger with every generation as we pass it on. And Paul says to Timothy, this was first in your grandmother. Your grandmother gave it to your mother. Your mother gave it to you. And now there's a calling that's going to be birthed in you. That's going to impact this world and grow God's kingdom. If you're older and you've got grandkids in this church, I just want you to know you have no idea the legacy of faith that's been birthed through your faith. You have no idea what God's doing in your children yet. But something's in there. And I get just as concerned as you sometimes. I, I see them a lot. I was just in Walpock the other day, so I'm just letting you know, I'm concerned. I was in Walpock, driving through downtown, and these car full of, I assume, either high like senior age girls or college age girls, they, they come up to a stop sign, they all hop out of the car, They're all laughing uncontrollably, which is weird at first. They run into my lane, which is where they could get hit, and they do a TikTok thing. And they're just laughing hysterically. And then they look at me, and they're like, (laughs) I'm like, you're going to get hit. Like, what is wrong with you people? And they do their little video, and then they're all laughing, and they run back into their car, and they get in, and they just, you know, they leave. And I go, this generation is going to look back on moments like these and go, We were dumb. One day, quote me, one day. Just like our older, older generations look back and went, why did we ever do the beehive hair thing? That was somewhere in between there, the bell-bottom, the big floating bell-bottom jeans. I mean, we all look back and are like, man, that was not. But God takes us somewhere. And Paul wants to remind us that there's a generational thing that's happening and it's powerful because somebody's got to start the foundation of faith. It's going to be carried on and we don't know what God's going to do in each generation, but we know he's doing something. And I want to remind everyone of that, that you're giving it, but it's also received. So students, you have an obligation to receive what's being given to you. We have an obligation to give, right? We have an obligation to give. And you're going to see in tonight's message that there's a lot of this going back and forth. There's this tension that we find in scripture where, yes, there's responsibility put on, put on the youth, as Paul would write it, but there's also equally as much responsibility put on the elders. And, and we're going to see this, and I want, to, I want to show this to you. So we're going to look now at 1 Timothy four, twelve through 16. First Timothy four twelve is is young people's like favorite verse. They they want to like put it on a sign and hold it up and like point at older people, and you'll know why as as soon as we read it because it says don't let don't let anyone look down on you because you are young and all the youth are like amen. Don't look down on us, you bunch of bunch of old people. Mm-hmm. I was one of those kids at one point. You might have been too. I don't know. He says. But, but notice Paul's the one saying this to him. Don't let anyone look down on you, Timothy, because of your youth. He says, and this should catch us off guard, because there's two ways to read this. You can read this as a young person and go, yeah, I'm not going to let anybody look down on me. I'm going to set an example in speech, in conduct, in faith, in love, and in purity. Absolutely, I'm going to do that. Don't look down on me. But then being like in this in-between point, I'm looking at them going, Paul's telling me not to look down on them. Even more shocking, Paul's saying to us, they actually might set the example for you in what living Christ-like actually looks like in speech and in conduct and in faith and in love and in purity. Like, do you, do you see that? We can see this through both lens. We see him speaking to the youth and saying, hey, don't let them look, look down on you. What God is doing in you is powerful, and you're gifted, and you need to rise up and use the gift that God has given you. Set the standard. Be an example for everyone, including those older than you. And every, and every teen, I was just like, yeah, that amps me up. But at the same time, us on the older end of the spectrum, we have to look at that and say, I have to be open to the fact that one of those young people might actually set a standard for me. Amen. They might teach me something about what it means to love like Christ. They might teach me something about what it means to honor Christ in my speech and in my conduct. That's what Paul just said. We have to be open to this. And it's scary sometimes because you see them in the middle of the road doing TikTok dances. And you're like, this doesn't seem like a safe place to put our future, you know? I love you guys. You know I love you. I just found out I was in one of their TikTok videos and didn't know about it. And so I'm a little salty about it, if I can be honest. They didn't even ask my permission. So we see that we can look at this scripture through two sets of lenses. That for the young people to rise up and say, yeah, I don't have to play second fiddle. I'm not subpar. The same Jesus that is in you is in me. The same Holy Spirit that's empowering you is empowering me. And so I need to rise up and, and live For God, in the moment that I'm in right now. And if we stopped there, the youth would feel really good, and all of us old people would be like, Well, I mean, I can teach you something, and you can, because we're going to keep reading. He says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. He says, Until I come, and he's writing specifically to Timothy, specifically for the call on Timothy's life, so not all of this is directly applicable. But to Timothy, he says, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. He says, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Let me paint this picture for you. I talked to them. Now I want to talk to you. Look at the power of what Paul's saying to us, is that we get to come to these youth not looking at them and going, what are you guys doing Rather, we get to come to them and say, There's a gift in you. Come here. Let me lay hands on you in a, in a good way. You're not like, you know, lay hands, lay hands on you. He said, the, the elders laid their hands on you. The elders were able to see what God was doing. They were able to look into the future and go, You're it, guys. We're not gone yet. No, we're still rocking, man. We're still moving. But one day we're not going to be here, and guess who's going to carry the church forward? It's you, and we're going to call these gifts out. What Paul actually shows us is that the elders in the church champion the youth. We're the biggest supporters. We're the ones standing up going, no, don't neglect your gift, man. Get up there. We're behind you. We support you. We're here for you. We're praying for you. We can see what God's doing even when you can't. We're able to speak faith into the into what can be super confusing for them. Like this is powerful what Paul's doing. And then Paul brings more balance. He comes back to Timothy, right? He's like, don't neglect your gift. He's amping him up. You get out there and do what God's called you to do. And then he, and then he keeps going. He says, oh, by the way, he says, give yourself wholly to this. He says, be, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. This is his instruction to the youth. And me, when I'm considered that, give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. See, Paul, and here's, here's what we gotta grab. Paul's exhortation to don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, use your gift, thrive in your gift, we're supporting you. He also says, live in such a manner that they can see you're progressing in your faith. So it's not just this free pass, right? It's not just a free pass it's just, hey, we support you, go do whatever. There's also an accountability that comes with this. And that's what we want to be. We want to be there, that safety net, for when they miss it, they don't just fall, they're caught. Right? And they're not condemned, they're encouraged. Hey, you, you missed the boat there, son, but don't neglect your gift. Get back out there. So Paul's, Paul's trying to bring to our imagination this, this church where the elders... Are seeing the future they're they're able to see through eyes of faith what God is doing in the next generation because what they're gonna fight is a different fight than what you're gonna have to fight they're gonna fight different battles Moses right he was used by God to lead a nation out of bondage in Egypt but David was used by God to slay Goliath your fights gonna be different And they need to know, this is what the scriptures are revealing to us, that our youth, our our young people need to know that their church is their greatest champion. We're with you, man. Go out there and use your gift. Don't neglect it. We believe in you. We see what God is doing. Through all the mess, we see what God is doing. And they're not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. Just like you're not perfect and you make mistakes. And just like I'm not perfect and I make mistakes. We're all going to do that. But But we're able to catch them right and they get to walk in the responsibility that I have to honor this this isn't a free pass to just be like don't judge me but they have to carry this out you have to carry this responsibility out you have to walk this out and you have to show that you're progressing. Paul goes on to say, watch your life and doctrine closely. Again, he's really directing this at Timothy at this point. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, youth, watch your life and doctrine closely, because there's a lot of pitfalls that you can fall into. There's a lot of really dumb stuff that you can get involved in, and that's not going to help you. Watch your life and doctrine closely. If Paul's going to exhort the youth that way, probably would say the same to me. And there's a division that sometimes happens between generations. Let me, let me use a story to kind of explain this. Um, maybe you relate to this. When I was real little, we'd be watching TV or a movie or something you know, when I was real young, and something would come on the television that my parents, you know, deemed probably wasn't good for me to see. And so they'd be like, Turn your head. Any of you parents ever been there? Tell your kid, Turn your head. Yeah. Well, me, being the brilliant child that I am, was like, well, Why do you get to watch it? And the phrase was, Do as I say, not as I do, right? Well, there can be a disconnect sometimes with generations when they're curious about things. And, and they're saying, hey, this is what you claim to believe, but you don't, really, you don't really look like that sometimes. And I remember Pastor one time, I'm going to quote Pastor here because I think this will help. I remember Pastor one time in a sermon, he was talking about how we live out our faith and how we're, you know, a model, we're a witness to the world. And he said, if you really want to know what your marriage looks like, ask your kids. Anybody remember him saying that? He said, if any of you really want to know how good of a Christian you are, ask your kids. They'll tell you. Because your kids will be like, Jesus said to love me. And you don't love me right now. You're beating me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just ask your kids. And here's the reality is that sometimes, sometimes we're blind to, to, to areas that we might be falling short. And somebody younger will look at us and go, I don't, I don't think that's how you're supposed to act. And that's where Paul's like, Timothy set the example. Because sometimes we, we need that. And it's really e- easy for us as adults to look at them and go, let me tell you everywhere you're doing wrong. Like, tch, 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 tch. But sometimes the youth do it for us. And they challenge us. And we see Christ in them in greater ways than sometimes we see in us. But there's a disconnect that can happen when we're telling them, hey, you need to live for Jesus and you need to do this, that, and the other thing. And then they're looking at us sometimes and going, but you're not really doing that in this one area. And it causes this discredibility to what we're saying, right? And so if Paul's going to tell them and tell Timothy, hey, watch your life and doctrine closely, then we as the elders need to take that and run with it too. Watch our lives and doctrine closely so that there's integrity when we come to them. Right? Right? They, they, we owe that to them. And if you think I'm making that up, we're going to look at Paul's last little exhortation to Timothy that I'm going to share tonight. And it's in 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 15. And I just, I really love this, how Paul kind of, he's going to bring this together for us. And it's, it's really good. In 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 15, this is what he says. Again, he's writing to Timothy, and he says, you, however, know all about my teaching. So he, he knows what Paul teaches. He understands the instruction. This would be the do as I say part of the message. But he doesn't just stop there. He says, you know all about my teaching, my way of life. You know the, the, what I say, but you also know what I do. He says, you know my purpose, faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, my persecutions, and my sufferings. You know what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm going to start with the adults. Paul's writing to Timothy and his encouragement is this, you know my teachings. You don't just know what I've told you. You've seen me live this out. This isn't fake. I'm not telling you a nice platitude or a lofty idea about God. You've seen me walk this thing out so much so that you know my teaching. You know my life. You know my faith. You know the persecutions I've endured. And then he names three specific. You know what happened at Iconium and Lystra. You know what's gone on in my life, the persecutions and the sufferings for the name of Christ. You've seen all of this. You see the authenticity of my faith. And then he goes on. He says, Now continue in what you've learned because you know those from whom you've learned it. I just want to speak to some of you because some of you are here and and you might not have any family here or you might not be married and you might not have children. I just want you to know you're not excluded from this conversation because you're gifted. God's placed you here. You have a part to play here. And the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that you can have a whole lot more fathers in faith than you can have in, in, you know, biologically. You can have a whole lot more mothers in faith. In fact, the scripture, if you look through it, you're going to see it says, older women, teach the younger women. It doesn't say, hey, mama, teach your daughter. It says, just teach them all. Older men, teach the younger men. Get with them. Spend life with them, right? So there's this responsibility that all of us carry, no matter where we're at, young, old, whatever, we're all in this together because we see the future coming. But Paul's exhortation to us is, hey, they knew my life and my teaching and my hardships and my victories. What Paul would say to us is, church, and, and all of you agree with this, none of us likes it when somebody just walks up to you and goes, you know what I think you should do? Like if I, if I just heard, let's say, Rick, I heard that you were having some parenting issues with the young one here. And unsolicited, I just walked up and said, Rick, I'm an expert. You need to, you know, just give that kid a couple spoonsful of sugars every night before he goes to bed. He'll get a little crazy, but he'll sleep great, right? And then just beat him as soon as he wakes up. <laughs> I say beat, let me correct it. I just mean spankings, not like actually beating. I need to make that clear for anybody watching on the live stream. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. If, I, if he didn't ask me for it, and I just come up and say, let me just tell you something, Rick. He's going to be like, that, that kid, <laughs> he's like, come on up here, buddy. Come on up here. You good? He's like, get me out of here. What's up? You're good, man. Good illustration. None, adults, show of hands, how many of you like that when somebody just comes up and gives unsolicited advice? I don't see a single hand. That's so weird. Yet sometimes we think our teenagers love it. Let me just, you know what? I saw you doing a TikTok dance in the road the other day. I just want you to let, you get hit. Somebody's going to hit you. And they're going, you're missing the point. Because it's exciting. You're like, but you're going to get, if we don't like it, why would we think they like it? Now, you know what I do like though? I do like when David and I go out for lunch and he buys me lunch. And I say, David, i got to talk with you about something. I just need you to know what's going on in my life. I'm dealing with something. I don't know how to deal with it. And David says, well, Tim, i got some years on me. And I've been through that before. And let me tell you what what God did and how God led me through that. And then I receive. But there's been other instances where David just showed up and said, somebody told me to come talk to you, and I got mad. (laughs) Right? He came back and was like, Tim, I need to talk to you about your area. It's not clean enough. And I was like, David, you just go tell those people that told you to come tell me. They can come tell me to my face. And he didn't do that because he loved me enough to not get me in more trouble. So that was good on David's part, and I repented later. Nobody likes unsolicited advice, but what we do really cherish and admire is relationships. And they can't be forced. They can't be forced. You can't just, come here, kid. You need a mentor. Like, that's... Paul says there's a responsibility that the older generation has to live a life that's so transparent that that the youth will see it and go, when I hit this issue, I'm going to him. Because I saw him go through a battle. I want to know what he did. I want to know how he got through it. You see what I'm saying? But then the youth, my favorite people in the church, you sometimes, I'm just going to be honest with you, Sometimes you like to just keep it all inside, but that's dangerous for you because you've got a world of faith out here that you could glean from, and I know it's awkward because you're really fearful that what you're going to get to a lecture because you come to me and I give you lectures. I know, all right, I get it, but not everybody else is like me, and you need them, and we need them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use this illustration. Okay, I need you guys now. You don't have to talk. I promise. Come on up here, come on up. Not you guys, not yet. I don't need you yet. I was, you just the family. Come on up here. I want to show you guys something. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use an illustration that some of you might not like, and I apologize for it if you don't like it, but I really think it's gonna really hit the nail on the head with what we're talking about. Could you guys just, just come here, Shelby? Come on over here, Shelby. You guys stand on this side, right here, okay, and you're gonna look that way. Okay. All right. Just, just, just like that. All right. Perfect. Mom, you just, you stand right there and you're going to face her, but she's not going to look at you. And then, and then dad, grandpa, Grandpa, uh, thank you, grandpa, for being here. Great grandpa. Great grandpa. What grandpa and great grandpa. Wow. Mind blown. That's incredible. All right. Now look, I'm going to show you guys something. You fought some faith battles in your life, haven't you? It's very good. You fought some, you're fighting some right now, right? Yeah. I would venture a guess that grandpa has fought some of the same battles. It just looked different. And I bet he's got some testimony that he could give you that would encourage and inspire your faith. Your daughter, little angel, she's just getting into this. But she's going to encounter some stuff. And you know, because you're a parent, that you've got a wealth of knowledge because you were a kid once and you lived this. And then you also know that you've got a wealth of knowledge behind right? So you can bring this forward. But, but young people sometimes struggle to look back. We're really good at looking forward. Young people struggle to do this sometimes. But here's what happens. She goes to fight a battle. Let's say her first battle. And the Bible says this in Revelations. It says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, Shelby, who might not have many battles to her name yet, isn't fighting alone. She's got the confession of the blood of the Lamb. She's got the God of all creation on her side. But she's also got the testimony of God's faithfulness to her mother, which is standing on the foundation of the testimony of God's faithfulness to her grandpa and her great-grandpa right? Now, I want, I want to do something else, and I need everybody to participate, because I really need you to grab this. All right, I need you guys to flip to this side. Shelby, I need you to come over here, okay? You're going to stand, you're standing, and you're going to face her now, but spread out a little bit. Give me a little space here, kind of like pew width, okay? Now, I need full participation from everyone, because I want you to grab this, and I, I promise you I'm not just doing this for fun and games. I really believe God's going to do something in this moment. I need everyone who's had a child, or is old enough to have a child, who's a Christian here tonight. If you're not a Christian yet, it's okay. We love you. We're so glad you're here. But if you're a Christian, and you're old enough to have had a child, or you have a child, I want you to come stand behind them. Right up here. Just right now. Come up here. I know this is participation. night. If you're you're really elderly, and, and walking's kind of a struggle, you don't have to do it. We love you. Stay in your pew. You'll get it. I promise. I promise. You guys are all on this side. This is going to be good. I really believe in this. This is going to be a good moment for everyone. Come on over here. Come on over here. Yeah, that side. All, all us old people are on this side. It's good. It's good. It's good. We're almost there. This is good. This is good. This is good. All right, now while they're finishing up that, if you are a child or college age, because you're not old enough to have a kid yet, I want you to come and stand on this side. Come on down here, college age. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Come on down here. This is going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. All right, now. Shelby, you're going to be my representative. Come on, come on up here. And I want you to stand right here and I want you to face me. Okay? Now, everybody look at me. I want to show you the power of a multi-generational faith church. When there are multiple generations represented in a church, there is a power that's there that we can't even comprehend. And I'm going to use the movie Star Wars to show you how this works, all right? Based on the verse, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, okay? Shelby, at some point in her life, the kingdom of darkness is going to come at her full bore. The kingdom of darkness is going to throw absolutely everything it can at her to try to destroy her life. And when she stands there, she's going to feel alone. This is reality. And if you've been through a real strong battle, you understand the reality of this, right? In the movie Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, if you haven't seen it and you have missed it, spoiler alert, the climax of the movie is this really bad guy, Emperor Palpatine, and we're going to just, he's the devil. And he's looking at Rey, who's a Jedi, and he says this to her, I am all oh, the Sith, which is the dark, literally it's the dark side of the force, it's the darkness, kingdom of darkness. And he like tries to electrocute her, and he actually knocks her down. She's, she's like dead, you think she's dead, so, you don't have to fall down, dead. It's fine. But he's like, he's like shocking her. He's throwing everything he's got at her, okay? He, she falls down. She collapses. He's like, ha, 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 I've won. But then something happens. There's a testimony of a Jedi from the past who speaks. He says, you're not alone. You're not alone. We're with you. And so the darkness is saying, I'm all the darkness and throwing everything they've got. But the light side of the force, I'm just telling you, this is the gospel in Star Wars. The light side of the force, the testimony of those who have gone before starts ringing in her ears. And this is what God wants to see happen in the church, young people, is that you're going to have moments in your life when you're going to be standing like Shelby and you're going to feel all alone and you're going to feel like everything is coming against you. But you're not alone because you have the Word of God, you have the blood of the Lamb covering you, and you have the testimony of thousands of generations of saints who have stood there and can tell you God will be faithful to you. Oh, you got. Look at the power you have to influence this generation, because I'm telling you, I'm in this world, and I read about their world, and it's a dark place. But the Bible says that there's a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And guess who's carrying that light into that darkness? Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what they're going to need when they're standing against it? They're going to need the testimony of the saints who have gone before and have fought battles and have seen God be faithful and can tell them, I don't know how God's going to do it. Because with Moses, he gave him a staff. And with David, he gave him a sling and some stones. I don't know what he's going to give you in your hand, but here's what I know. If you trust God, he'll be faithful and you're going to see the victory. There's going to be battles that they fight that they need the testimony of those who have gone before and you're the testimony. But you're only going to be able to give it to them if you're in relationship. And so we we champion these guys. And then students, I'm going to just tell you. Shelby, join them for now. I'm going to just tell you right now. I'm not that much older than you, and I've been through some dark places. And most of my breakthroughs, I won't say all of them, most of my breakthroughs came when I humbled myself and I came to an elder and I said, Hey, I don't know what to do. But I want to give up. And you hear the testimony. I've been there before. Let me tell you what God did. And we, as a church, we strengthen each other. You want to know what this church will look like? When these guys know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're pushing them forward and saying, go run with your gifts. I'm going to just tell you right now, we won't fit everybody in this building. I'm just telling you, you won't do it. They're way crazier than we are. If they'll stop in the middle of the street and do a TikTok dance, listen to me, if they'll stop in the middle of the street and do a TikTok dance, what will they not do for Jesus if they know that they can do it? So here's what I want to do. Next week, I'm going to preach again, and I'm excited about it because I'm going to not use a Star Wars reference. Here's what I want to do to close out. We can hear a message like this, and I I want you to know, I was was really, I was struggling because I know that sometimes this can come out wrong. And so I asked Pastor Nicole to pray for me because I was like, this is not going to come out right. In no way am I saying that you guys are done and it's time to give it up to them. What I am saying is, let's see what God's doing and call it out. Next week, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more. Specifically, they're going to be here, but I'm going to talk to you guys specifically a little bit more about the reality of what's happening in the church right now with the younger generation. It's alarming. Here's a little teaser. Half of the kids standing here right now, statistically, when they graduate, will no longer be in the church and will not believe in Jesus. And one of the number one reasons why, according to all the research, is that there isn't a multi-generational connection their church see the devil wants to bring division but God wants us to benefit from one another he wants us to use each other's strengths because they don't have the testimonies yet they don't have that foundation of faith that you have for them that's why Paul said Timothy I need you to remember that this came from your grandmother and your mother and now this is blossomed into this calling that's on your life what we need to see when we look at our youth is that's what the product of our faith is, what God's doing there, right? And we call it forth. And we deal with the mess because it's messy, and some of them might get hit by a car, and we got to pick them up and, and keep them going. It might happen. <laughs> Pray for safety and wisdom. But if we'll, if we'll commit to relationship, and I will encourage you this, grandparents, man, I'm just telling you, your kids want to hear your stories. They want to know what God has done because they're fighting battles right now, I promise you, and they need that faith. They might not ever come out and tell you that because they're stubborn like that, but you take them out and you just, let me tell you, let me just tell you a story of what God did for me. Let me tell you about God's faithfulness, and you start seeding those faith stories in there, and that's going to rise up, and you start calling out, I know what God's put inside of you. Man, you're going to change this world. They need to know. I'm going to tell you this too, and then I'm, I promise. Salo was supposed to come. She's there. All right. Very good. I'm going to do a little ministry thing. I'll tell you this too. One of the biggest struggles that your kids are going to face. Don't listen to this because I don't want to. I want you to know. One of the biggest struggles your kids are going to face is this: rejection from the world. Because so I don't know if you've looked around, but it's getting bad. But the Bible says that they can be the standard. But it's lonely to be the standard. They need you to tell them that when you feel isolated, you're not alone. A, God is always with you, and he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You'll find a peace that you've never known. When you step out, if the world turns it back, its back on you, you will find joy and peace in Christ that you've never known, and we're with you and your church is with you and we have to be that. I'm telling you, you gotta trust me, I've read the research, one of the number one reasons that they walk away is because they feel like if they don't compromise, they will be rejected by everyone. That's crazy. And we can change it. We can change it. We gotta fight for them. And we gotta know that what we're doing is actually seeding the future of the church on the foundation of faith that's been established here. And it's a strong foundation. I'm a product of the foundation that was laid here. I'm thankful for what you guys have done for me. Look, I was the kid that, you guys remember the wall platforms we used to have? We were doing a thing here once. Eric Smith will remember this. I Remember I tried to jump over the platform and do a a flip? About broke my arm. Like for real, we thought it was broke. (laughs) It was very painful, and I was young enough that I tried to play it off real cool. Like, no, nah, it's fine, as it's literally swelling like an elephant's trunk. It was massive. And look at me now. Because, because people believed in me, and people could see beyond the, the stupid. Jason and Angel were there for me. They were my small group leaders. And we had a rough small group. They really, God bless them. David and Erica invested in me. They had me come over to their house so many times. Jesse and Jamie have invested in me. Where's uh, Mark? You don't know the power that you have when you speak life into these guys. And they might act like they don't care, but I'm telling you, take it from me, it matters. And it's got to start at home. So what I want to do and how I want to close is this. If your student's here, this could be super awkward. Students, just bear with them if they start crying. It's okay. If your student's here or your grandchild's here or your great-grandchild, I want you to go grab them because you see the mess more than anybody. And it takes more faith for you to call out the future than what it would for me because I see them at their best but I want you to go grab your kids and I want you to just start praying over them. That God's calling forth something powerful in them and that you assure them that you're here for them. And if you don't have kids here, be real awkward and go find a kid that nobody's with and just introduce yourself and say, I wanna pray for you and just pray for them because we're all in this together. Students, if your parents or grandparents are here, go find them real quick. I'm going to take all the college-age kids. You come to me. College-age kids, come here, Canyon. Get up here. I'll close this out in prayer, but you grab a kid. You start praying with them. Streamers, thank you so much for joining us. We want you to. Hi, live streamers, thank you so much for joining us. We want you to know that we love you guys and are so happy to have you with us. Stay connected with us here on social media and remember to share when you're joining us live to spread hope to others. We will see you here next time.